How do you scale a business to seven figures? Then how do you scale to eight figures? Then how do you scale to nine figures? If you've ever wanted to know what it takes to grow a business, then you're in the right place. Thanks for tuning in to Scaling with Samir. This show is intended to celebrate and highlight techniques and strategies taught by today's leaders in the business world. Want to know how an e-commerce business started in someone's home to being the world's largest sock store? Want to learn what it takes to become the CEO of one of the largest global online marketplaces? How about actionable steps to building stronger relationships with your customers to produce more revenue? Do you know which numbers you should be paying attention to and which numbers will lead you to success? How will you make your marketing campaigns successful after cookies are gone? Want to learn from the leaders in brand building and attention grabbing marketing? Well, all of those are already in our previous listed episodes, and this episode will be no exception. I interview the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good for the world. We will dissect what they did to get to the multi-million dollar mark. I'm your host, Samir Al-Kamouni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, which is a performance marketing agency specializing in scaling businesses. Sign up to receive tactics to apply directly to your business to improve results and scale at fetchfunnel.com podcast. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique business crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey everybody, welcome back to an exciting episode. I am pumped today to be featuring Jake Rosenberg, who is the founder and CEO of a very up-and-coming men's skincare brand that you hopefully have heard of, but if you haven't, men out there, up your skincare game. If you haven't, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how interesting this industry is, how difficult Maybe not as difficult as I thought, but still, I think, difficult and competitive this industry is. Uh, Jake, CEO and founder of Crete. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Would love to just have you kick things off and just tell a little bit about the audience, about uh, about your your awesome business and, uh, you know, what the brand's about. You know, so it started out of necessity. I was never like a skincare guy. I was like a bar of soap in the shower, you know, whenever it's convenient. I didn't know anything. I'd never heard of a serum. I, you know, I didn't know what hyaluronic acid was, but in 2017, I, I have a little scar on my nose now. And this was, I had a ski accident, so I was left with a pretty big scar on my nose. And that kind of forced me into trying to understand the world of skincare, scar reduction things, concealer, hyaluronic acid as an ingredient, and in, in, in serums. And so I walked into Sephora to try to figure it out. It was just like, you know, they have 10,000 products. They call it the beauty industry. It's, it's, there's no way I'm going to find what I need here, but I know that what I need is here. There are probably mm-hmm. five to 10 products in this store that could change my skin. And it's your moneymaker. It's what everyone looks at. You know, you get a haircut, you get, you wear nice clothing. Why wouldn't you take care of your face? So I was very, very determined. And I just thought like once I inevitably six months later found the products that would work for me and, and would really give me confidence back having a scar on my nose. Uh, I realized, like, why aren't these sold to guys in a way that guys would actually appreciate that, you know, they're guys shop differently. They want to know different things at different times. They want different packaging. They want to be told that it's a utility product, not of talking about beautification and all this other kind of nonsense to me. And so, you know, the culture kind of left guys behind in this and it's slowly catching up. But we're here to make sure that there doesn't even need to be culture. You just can use these products to take 30 seconds 
boom, you look good. And you're you're taking the guesswork out of it, right? Because to, to your point, Sephora is oh, totally overwhelming. If you know what you're getting and you're in it there and you know exactly what you're looking for, you've done all the research, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then that's the place to, to find that yeah, stuff. Like but imagine, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get different answers from different people when you ask them. Yeah, it's like if you don't know how to cook, imagine going to a grocery store with a grocery. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do I get red peppers? Do I get green? Do I get orange? Is there yellow? Do I get, is there a difference? Like even within the smallest category within the skincare world, there's 7,000 options. And many of them are really good if you have a certain skin type. Well, how do you find out your skin type? Well, the, the industry doesn't help you. They just expect you to have used all these products before. In fact, one of the biggest issues that I had when finding concealer to hide this to, that matched my tone was, how do I even find my tone? I have to go to a store. They put like 15 things on me. Terrible experience. So we have an app that's going to be coming out that will find your tone at home. You know, we're trying to make it just so easy. You sit on your couch, you just say, you know what, I want better skin, a couple buttons, send it to you. And our tagline is 30 second skincare because we our, our brand promises that anything we make will take 30 seconds to learn, maximum, and 30 seconds to use. There's no extra tools, extra, it's just simple stuff. So that's kind of our promise to everybody, which is why guys keep coming back. That's awesome. So I'm curious how you define success at the company, because I feel like there's a lot of things that you're probably measuring, right? We're all obsessed with new customer acquisition, but you've got lifetime value. You've got, you told me some very impressive, you know, non-return low percentages and things like that. That's the first thing is if you're going to build something, why wouldn't you try to make it the best it can be? So I learned chemistry and I actually formulated our first two products myself. Now we sold tens of thousands of units, you know, we sold a ton of them. Our return rate is less than 1% and our retention is crazy. We have a subscription and guys just, they never cancel. They just, you know, we don't really have to market to you once we give you a first. So we, we have a $6 trial bottle. It's normally 39 bucks. We give it to you for 6 bucks because we know you're going to come back again and again. So that's the first thing is, you know, a lot of these other companies, they'll build stuff that's like decent, but they're doing that so they save an extra dollar or two. We make all that up and not having to market to you ever again once you buy our product. It's just that good. So that's the first thing is just build something that markets itself. The first sale you'll get from ads, influencers, whatever it is, right? That's just, they don't have the product in their hand. They have to trust you and like the messaging. But once they have the product in their hand, it doesn't matter how good your ads are. They're using your product. If your product is not amazing, they're going to say, see you later. They're just going to not order again. So that's the first thing. I view that as bottle two to 100 is the quality. And then the first thing is you have to just really understand who your customer is, what they want, what they want to hear and how to explain it to them. Cause yeah, it's, it's a crowded market, but our battle is more of an educational battle than it is differentiation. There's maybe hmm. five to 10 brands that are marketing like us, but if you went to the female side, there's five to 10,000. So we just need to make sure guys understand that, you know, taking 30 seconds and putting a clear serum on your face that dries in 30 seconds. That's like, that just will work. That will work for you. And hyaluronic acid sounds scary, but it's actually something your body produces naturally that kind of has a gel coating and like it's instantaneously absorbed in the skin. So little things like this. Once guys know that and they buy the product, our our work is kind of done. We just, uh, you know, our next five products we're making are all really great. 
I mean, I think the mindset is slowly shifting in guys, right? You see like a lot of guys looking up style tips on YouTube, looking up, mm -hmm. you know, ways to spruce up. I'm sure the online dating scene has probably forced us into yeah. thinking more about these things, right? But on, I guess on the education play, do you, you know, and I'm thinking of your creative, I'm thinking of your ads, which I did see some of them, but pretending like I haven't seen them. Yeah. Are you going to, you know, are you going to try to play into, into like a complete education play where you're really trying to educate someone or you really start playing into like the almost a FOMO type deal where, you know, you've, you've got a, like, I've seen a lot of, of, of brands doing a great job of almost like the, you know, the, 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 the woman kind of looking at the, a guy, right. Yeah, and his, and, and, and admire admiration and things, right. All of it, but at the end of the day, we don't need to convince people that looking better is, is easier. Sure. Uh, who doesn't already know that it's, it's obvious. you like, Give someone a better shirt that fits them better, the patterns, whatever, and they like it. They feel like a million bucks that like that second. So we're just trying to say, hey, that's your, that's what we're going to do for your skin. So with older audiences, 40, 45 plus, we focus on wrinkles, redness, signs of aging, fine lines. Younger audiences, it's talking about repairing, dry skin, redness, you know, we, uh, and acne. And so it depends on the time of year too. During the summer, sunburns is a big thing. Aftershave in November when you're not shaving, we do a big aftershave in early December. So you want to be timely, you know, if your products can really affect very specific things. Um, but also, yeah, there's a visual transformation element that, again, it, it makes it easier. You know, if we're selling T-shirts with a cool pattern, they need to show models wearing it that, that fit well. Ours is before and afters. You come to our site, you see our real before and afters, and people go, oh, wow, if I can do anything like that, I'll be good. And and one additional point, we also don't use models that are like GQ models. We use like real people who are on the maybe the more handsome side of approachable. I call it um, aspirational but approachable. We're not trying to be a brand that's selling to like, you know, when Polo Ralph Lauren has like the, the crazy good looking dudes on horses. It's like, no, <laughs> I like normal dudes. I'm a normal guy. I, you know, I actually have a couple of like red spots. I just have our concealer on it. So, you know, you can't see them. And so for me to be able to come on here and look at a camera and have people not see the fact that like, if I just like wiped my face with the thing, you'd see a lot more. My confidence just talking to you is a lot higher. So it's, it's the, the point is everybody knows what that looking good is, is a nicer life. It's, it's a mental health thing. It's a confidence thing. It's, we're also doing skin health. So we just have to make sure you kind of get permission. That's a little bit more of what it is. Not just education. It's also like, am I allowed to use these? I don't really know what these are. So we, our philosophy is break down the walls, make it so damn easy to just try. And then you inevitably, like I said, never stop. I mean, I'll admit when I started dating my girlfriend and she saw that I actually had like a skincare routine, she was impressed. It wasn't like a, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a, a bad thing in any way, right? Where you're like having products on the shelf or anything like that, right? I'll, so. tell, you, I'll tell you an interesting thing because the beauty industry, which I like to call it the handsomeness industry for what we're doing. But when I go to these conferences, they're all called like beauty con or whatever. They're 80 to 90% girls and they want to like... They want to talk to me because I do formulating and ask me a million questions. They with the, every single one of them says the same thing. I wish my husband, I wish my boyfriend, I wish my son, I wish my dad, my brother would do more skincare. It's a no-brainer. They want us to do it because skin health is just skin health. There's nothing feminine yeah. about 
you know, for instance, body wash 20 years ago was seen as feminine. Now it's like, what do you mean feminine? It's liquid that you do this and clean your body. It's just soap. So that's going to happen for a couple products. We're not going so far to do lipstick and eyeliner and those things. Those are beauty products. We're doing skincare products. So there's nothing female or feminine about it. And, and so we just need to make sure guys are comfortable and understand that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I'm curious, what are like two or three of the biggest growth levers that you've pulled with the business? Um, the first one is, well, the, our main channel is Facebook and Instagram. We're about to start doing influencers like in two weeks. Um, Facebook and Instagram paid ads. With one product, we were able to get to a profitable like return on ad spend within six months. Because again, we did a subscription model and guys didn't quit. So we were acquiring them for like originally like 60 bucks, which is a lot. We were getting $6, 30, 30, 30. And guys weren't. So it's like, oh, wait, they're giving us 100 bucks after six to, t- six to 12 months. Like they're profitable. So now the next thing is obviously as we continue to make more efficient, we really nailed it with emails. Uh, that will just take anything you're doing, any person you come to the website, you have a serious chance to target them. And then the other is, you know, we have a second product coming out in six days. So on Black Friday, upselling that, that'll just increase the lifetime value. So same acquisition cost that. So, you know, we look at everything through the lens of cost to acquire a customer and lifetime value. And lifetime value and retention feed into each other a lot. Like if we can keep you on for one extra month of the subscription, you're going to give us 30 more dollars. Maybe the product cost to get it to you is eight or nine or something like that. So we're going to make 20 something dollars in profit. So anything we can do, right now it's a $30. Should we make it $29 so it seems cheaper? Should we give you a free gift after three months? We always give free shipping. You know, any little thing we can do, it's really about optimizing. Those are So there's not necessarily one giant growth lever. It's like 10 to 15 small ones that add up to 10% efficiencies in each one to the point where, like I said, we can be profitable with one product. And it's not like I can say, hey, you're buying this every month, buy more. Like, can't really make you buy more. So, yeah. But but you're thinking about everything in the right way, right? You're, yeah. you're thinking about You're thinking about the way to test things, right? When you run those tests, like you said, it's not just going to be this one little thing that doubles your conversion rate. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of these small adjustments along the way. But then you're also looking at measuring things appropriately where – you know, lifetime value is really important to factor in. I'm sure the $6 offer was very uncomfortable to, <laughs> to release, but then you're looking at like, Hey, the, the flow thing, but it's yeah. great in two months. When ev- once you pay off your acquisition fee, we just print money because you know, our margins are great. Our fulfillment is easy. We do it from one fulfillment center in Southern California. Cause it's a smaller bottle three, you know, a couple bucks to ship to New York anywhere. Um, and yeah, the $6 bottle, like we're, we're losing money on that, both in the acquisition cost, but we know we're going to make it back. So, you know, when I raised some money recently, that was the reason why it's because it's a cash flow thing. Maybe it takes us two months to recoup that. So if we have, let's say I'm, I'll make a round number of 10,000 subscribers. If we takes us two months to do that. Okay, great. Well, if we want a hundred thousand subscribers, the revenue from the 10,000 is not going to be enough to offset the new 90,000 we need in a loss for two months. So you raise some money, you get there. But basically, I look at it as floors and ceilings. The subscribers set our floor. Our revenue floor never goes below a certain amount because these people are coming back again and again and again. So your floor just rises. 
we could turn off all our ads, I could fire everybody, and we'd be making money for 12 more months just on the subscribers. So, well, probably more, yeah. actually. But, yeah, yeah ma- so that, it makes sense, but... Yeah. I'm curious on that because I feel like a lot of a lot of business owners think that process through, right? Where they can get investors. The investors are going to understand everything you just said. It's going to make perfect sense for them to invest in your business. You can go for lines of credit or things like that, right? Which then oh, those yeah. will kind of increase as you pay them off. There's even like the you know there's the ad spend providers where like they're like, hey, if you're getting an ROI, like we just front the ad spend, and then to your point, like 60 days later, you could just keep increasing that, you know, over and over again. That's- what yeah, I would say that's our that's our only, and it's not even a difficulty, but that's the only thing that's not like very optimized is the cash flow. So we have we have an, an a basically what we're doing with influencers is we're working with micro nano influencers who work for product only. We found this great company. I'm actually like right before this call, I was negotiating the agreement with them, and essentially what you do is you give the you give the the influencers product. They have a couple guidelines, and then they go post. Not only does that outsource content because you get the license to use that, but it really tests a lot of experimentation of new audiences. You know, we haven't really used female models to tell guys, hey, if you look better, we're going to be more attractive, you know, stuff like that. So we get to kind of outsource and experiment with that. But the nice thing is it's a very low cash upfront situation. So once these influencers work, what we're going to try to do is contact them directly, which this company actually gives you a platform to do that and say, hey, let's get on a pay-per-performance situation. We'll give you a 20%, 30%, whatever, some crazy rev share that's bigger than industry standard because our margins are huge. And then that's the best cash flow because if they get us a bottle sold, we pay them 30 days later to make sure there's no returns. Put that on a credit card through QuickBooks or something. That's how we like to do it. You get another four weeks. So all of a sudden now they get us a sale on January 1st. We're paying that off on March 9th. Yep. And we get points. So so all of a sudden, <laughs> now you get the opposite with cash flow. So if that gives us two months and they get a subscribers, we're actually getting a ton of money. We're getting that person fully paid off. So there's things we're trying to do that have the reverse effect and that buy us one, two months. So that way the cash flow thing isn't there. Because if that's the case, we're going to just dump every dollar I can possibly get. I'm going to take loans on on everything I possibly can. And we're just going to have that because basically every dollar we spend becomes more. So any, any interest rate won't be a problem. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And, and you're going about it in the right way, right? We all know how important user generated content is these days. And if you want to be on TikTok or snap or anything like that, you it's required essentially to, to play yeah. in that space at all. I'm, I'm curious what role like is creative and content production going to play for the business going into 2023? It's, it's, it's everything, you know, right now, all the content that we doing, we have, we have an internal marketing team. So we, we make our own briefs, we film our own content. We reach out to specific people and say, like customers, and say, "Hey, give us testimonials." A lot of times, if they're good, we'll just say, "Hey, come in and we'll film it," because we can do the lighting and, and I, you know, the, the shotgun mic, hundred and fifty dollar lighting set, hundred and fifty dollar green screen, and hundred and fifty dollar mic, and all of a sudden you can do any piece of content you want. Our guy, our ads guy, knows Adobe Premiere Pro. I'm trying to give specifics because I wish someone had just said these things to me when we first started. I had to learn them, so that's why I'm going to such like excruciating detail. But basically, oh yeah, you want uh, lights, you, the light bulbs, 5,500 degrees Kelvin because that's um, mirrors sunlight. So mm. when you get something, make sure to do that. Amazon, super easy lighting set, 55 or 5,400 degrees Kelvin. 
Um, so with content, we record it. It's a lot of times, a lot of pain in the ass. It's a lot of effort than it's transcribing. So one of the things of scaling is we need to outsource it. And we figured influencers, that's what these people do. They will come up with the creative messages that we couldn't. We'll give them guides like don't say this, don't say this. But here, our brand is 30, create 30-second 30 skincare. Here's the product. You guys go think of the stuff. You sell it to your audience because you're good at that. And so if we work with 100 influencers and five of them crush it, guess what? We're using their thing as ads, outsourced, and you just run it through their TikTok um, as, as a white-labeled ad. It's already kind of proven itself. So content is everything because you have to be telling a compelling story. They're, you know, our static ads just don't work. They just don't, which sucks because I can make them in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, people like to see that other people who look like them, talk like them, act like them have had realistic results. So there's kind of, you know, one of my favorite books is $100 million offers. And basically what they talk about is there's kind of like a value equation. I forgot if there's three or four things, but it's like the aspirational outcome, the time and effort it's going to take to get there, the likelihood of them achieving it, and then a fast win. So we, we make sure to break down all of those things. Um, and really, every ad needs to have those. You know, a fast win is, I put on my face, I feel a tightening sensation right away. So I know it's working. One line could be this that entire section of, like, the story. So those are, those are, content is everything, and you have to be telling a story, and video wins. Fortunately or unfortunately, it lets you tell your story, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to come up with new stuff. So we're trying to farm that out to influencers. Yeah, but no, it makes sense to your point of as far as like they, you know, sometimes it's good to give some guidance. It just depends on, you know, you want to make sure that maybe they highlight certain things or or anything like that. But yeah, uh, yeah if, if you find the right ones, you're spot on, like, right, they're going to know their audience. They're going to know what makes sense for their audience. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's especially for a brand like yours, you're trying to get the engagement, the education, you're trying to play mm -hmm. a lot of, of pieces in the puzzle in order to, yeah. to get the conversion the reason i keep mentioning the influencer stuff is because it checks off like three boxes out of five you need to have a have a marketing strategy it outsources the ideas which you normally need to okay we want to we want to sell to 25 year old guys what's their biggest problem okay let's go ask 10 of them you know we need to like go do research we need to then write lines we need to film them then we need to make the ads then we need to do paid advertising targeting them correctly this does all of those things, and we send these people a bottle. It's yeah. like, okay, great. So obviously who we're paying is the middleman, the, uh, the, uh, the company in between um, that, that like coordinates and corrals all the influencers because we don't want to be doing that. But it's like if we can get 100 influencers to experiment with new wording that we wouldn't have come up with ourselves, that alone is worth it. Even if, even if we never used the content, even if we never made them into ads – even if it never sold from the posts. Because the problem with influencer posts, people expect those to convert and they almost never do. Not almost never. Most of the time they don't because there's no CTA. There's no like click below and, and shop. There is when you run it as an ad. But what you can do is see the engagement. So if an influencer posts something and they normally get 2% engagement, with your post they got 4 go with that influencer and run ads to their, their audience through lookalike audiences and things like that. So that's... That's it. Content is everything. But then you have a product that makes them keep buying. So those two are the... That's it. It's really not much harder than that. 
get it into people's hands with a compelling story and then make it so good that you don't need to tell the story anymore. They tell it to themselves. Yep. No, it's, it's the best. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's what I always tell people. I, I want to sell toothpaste for that reason. Right. <laughs> but it's hard to innovate in the toothpaste space, but it, 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 it sell, tells the exact same story. Yeah. It's a hard one. Yeah. There, there's some vicious brand loyalty there and people don't even know why they have it in the first place. Right. It's just what they grew up on or, or whatever. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I keep buying the same like Arm & Hammer whitening. I don't think it whitens. I whiten with whitening strips. Like I don't, I, you know, you know, that's interesting. Why am I uh, buying that toothpaste? I just true. do. Yeah. Yeah. No, Damn. it's totally true. I'm, see, I'm guilty of the same things. And that's why I know it's like, again, I'm a regular dude who like, the only reason I know about skincare is because I needed to for this scar. And then I started a company. So I obviously have researched everything, but like, that's not my passion. My passion is just like going out, having a good time with friends, working hard, other, you know, and with a girlfriend, yeah. those kinds of things. And like having nice skin has dramatically helped my life. This yeah, is easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what are maybe like some, like a hard lesson that you've had to learn along the way, or maybe a landmine that you had to step on um, that uh, others following your footsteps might benefit from hearing about? There's two main lessons that I usually share, and they're not from this company. The, thankfully, they're ones I learned from other things I had started in the past, because I've been an entrepreneur for about. Uh, well, 10 years with my own companies, and I was even tutoring in high school. So I'm 32 now. So I've been doing my own thing. I've actually technically never been employed, which is, you know, very, very interesting. I mean, yeah, I started my, my first company, like, right out of college. So um, the two lessons are, uh, the first is it's always, always, always easier to spend less than it is to make more. Um, if you can do something smarter, do it. If you can file a trademark yourself, Watch a couple YouTube videos on how to do it and do it. It's a $225 fee and 10 minutes to research. I do them all the time. I, I throw them out like they're candy now because a lawyer might be 1500 bucks to do the search and the filing and then the fee. It's like if you can just do that for various things here and there, it will reduce the cost of getting things started, especially in the early stages. A lot of the legal stuff is where you just sink money into. I negotiate my contracts. I'm not recommending you don't use a lawyer. Just do a lot of the work yourself and be informed because you also want to know what you're signing. So that's, that, that's, that's just a major thing. I learned Adobe Premiere. I made our first couple of ads. Your time is definitely a valuable resource, but you have time normally as a startup founder. You At the very beginning, I don't anymore, but at the very beginning I did, but I didn't have the money. So I used the resource I had, and now it's the opposite. Now we have the funding, but I don't have time, so now I hire other people to do it. But so that's the first one. And the second one is everything built that you love in this, in this universe is made by a competent team of people. Um, you have to get a good team around you, hire people with amazing expertise who you can work with, and things get diluted very fast. If you hire an A-plus person, they'll bring on more A-plus people. If you hire a B person, they'll start hiring C people, and it goes downhill really fast. You need people who can manage themselves. And... To do that, one of my secrets is, I might be a crazy person, but I have to know at least like 50 to 80% of what your job is in order to competently hire and manage for you. So if I'm hiring a new email person, I go and I watch email webinars. I don't need to know how to email market. I need to know that the person I'm hiring knows how to email market. I need to know that the, the packaging designer is going to consider 
FDA minimums of like font sizes and various. I need to know that that, that concept exists, front panel. Ingredients don't need to be on the product, but they need to be on the external box, things like that. Because then I can then I can wait, and if they don't say that, I don't hire them. They need to bring stuff up. So those are the two things. Easier to uh, save money than it is to spend money, um, or than to make money, and the other is the team is everything, and hire slowly and fire fast. Very true, right? That, that's uh, I learned that lesson the hard way as well. <laughs> hire fast, fire fast, and promote fast. <laughs> that's uh... yeah. Oh my God, I I have given people who like I hired, and then three months later they're doing a great job. I'm like, by the way, I I'm just gonna give you like two thousand bucks a month extra, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you're killing it. You're bringing in this, and this is why I'm doing it. It's not a favor to you. It's because you've earned it. And they're like, what? Okay, great. I pay people if they're doing great, just pay them more because. They uh, they know what they're doing, and so it never lets my team get in a position where they'd even contemplate leaving. No one ever, no one has literally ever quit in ten years on me. Not one. We That's fired awesome. people because if they, you know, didn't do their jobs, I'm not gonna lie about that. But that is a lesson too. Is I used to be very afraid of firing people. Well. Yeah, Jake, it was really awesome having you on the podcast. I mean, you you dropped a good book recommendation. Hundred million, uh, hundred million dollar offers. It's just blast through it at like 1.5x on, on Audible. It'll just tell you. It'll do a lot of the work for you, the framework for you. It's so good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about it. I think it's ruining the service business a little bit because I think too, too many people are. Uh... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's okay. It's a really good book. And then yeah. if I was to recommend one other, it's called The E-Myth Revisited. And basically it talks about like how to make a company so that you're not needed in it anymore. Because a lot of people will become like, you know, Crete is not Jake LLC. I used to be, but now it's a team of things I could, you know, I'm, I could take a day or two off and, and things will run. You know what I mean? It's not 24 seven. So a lot of times people build a business and it just, they, they are the business. And so you want to build systems in a way where you can actually remove yourself and therefore when you sell it one day, they, you know, it's a lot easier. So E-Myth revisited $100 million offers. It'll change everything. Awesome. Well, Jake, I really appreciate the time. I recommend everybody check out Crete. We'll have a link in the description, but it's K-R-E-T-E dot club. And yeah, I mean, six bucks. How can you argue with that and get started on a great skincare routine, right? Yeah, man. I mean, we call it the one-step skincare routine because it takes 30 seconds. We will have a body serum coming out in a couple of days. And so, you know, that's just as good of a product. We focus on a slightly different ingredient called Tripeptide 29 instead of apple stem cell extract. But I won't go in the weeds on that. And then we have a lot coming out next year. It's very exciting. Super exciting. We'll be looking for that. Jake, thanks again. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to Scaling with Samir. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. We also have snippets of these episodes on YouTube. Scaling with Samir is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel. We've partnered with hundreds of businesses and generated over $500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. If you're trying to scale your business, get in touch with us today at FetchFunnel.com. You can also get content that you can learn and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale on our email newsletter. If you are a successful business that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, 
please visit fetchfunnel.com slash podcast guest. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.